Good evening, ghouls and ghoulettes, and welcome to Killer Horror Critic, the podcast worth dying for. Hosted by the Killer Horror Critic himself, this is the show where guests from all over the horror spectrum join to talk about some of their favorite horror films. So get snugged under the covers, grab a cuddly puppy, and prepare for tonight's blood-curdling episode of Killer Horror Critic. Good evening, horror fans, and welcome to another episode of Killer Horror Critic. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Chris. And we are your killer couple critiquing and arguing over horror films like a couple of weirdos at the bar. So maybe we never quite blow your mind. Maybe we never enlighten you. Maybe we never make you melt. (laughs) But hopefully you just have a good time (laughs) listening. So tonight we are continuing our month-long theme of body horror with the... (laughs) Oh, you're exaggerating. You love it. Uh, (laughs) With the 1977 film, The Incredible Melting Man. (laughs) So uh, so this is a film that was written and directed by William Sachs, uh, who was uh, a guy who enrolled in London Film School after serving in the United States Air Force, which I just thought was interesting in connection to this movie since it involves, you know, government and military and stuff. So a direct connection. But he started off there and then he began his career as a film doctor for problematic films. You know, one of those people that kind of Comes in and sort of, you know, fixes your shit. Basically, sort of (laughs) fixes shit that producers were worried about, right? And then, you know, he went on to, and he was really well known for that. And then he went on to do films such as Galaxina, though I believe this was his only horror film that he directed. The film stars Bird Benning as Dr. Ted Nelson, who guest starred in a number of TV series. Uh, he also appears in A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, although I cannot for the life of me off the top of my head remember him <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> it also has Myron Healy as General Michael Perry, uh, who also served in the U.S. Army Air Corps during World War II. So, you know, interesting connection right. there. Uh, also appeared in a number of TV shows and films during the 50s, uh, was actually a huge TV star at the time. Uh, has over 300 credits to his name, so very, so very prolific actor, though unfortunately not, you know, very well known amongst the public, I guess you could say. It also has Michael Aldridge as the sheriff, who uh, appears in a horror film which I really like, but I know, who, but I know Chris hates for 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 understandable reasons, which is the entity. Wow, <laughs> because uh, it's a very very rapey ghost in that Ugh. movie, and it's you know not fun, <laughs> but it's still a good movie. But he's in the entity, also uh, well known for his role in Scarface. Uh, and then it also has Alex Rebar as the incredible melting man, a.k.a. Steve. <laughs> Steve. Uh, <laughs> who, who did some TV as an actor, uh, didn't really do a ton as an actor, uh, but he did go on to write horror films, including Beyond the Door to All a Good Night and Demented, so had a you know nice little career there. For those that have never seen The Incredible Melting Man, it is basically about an astronaut named Steve. <laughs> thousand times yep uh (laughs) but an astronaut named steve and his crew are uh, basically lift off to around the rings of saturn or whatever and somehow the sun like has an eruption like a solar eruption like a solar flare a solar flare i mean yeah 
it's not very self-explanatory, <laughs> but but there's some kind of solar flare with the sun, and it causes a and it kills all the other astronauts except for Steve, and poor Steve gets inflicted with a disease, which is causing all of his flesh to gradually melt off <laughs> and then he escapes and becomes some sort of like frankenstein frankenstein's monster type creature that's running around and eating people and you know screaming about his melting flesh <laughs> and meanwhile the doctor and government are hunting him so we are going to be spoiling everything we can with the incredible melting man so if you have never seen it it is streaming on Prime and Paramount Plus this time, so please go check it out there. Otherwise, we will get into just about everything we can with this movie. So, but first, we have our brief little bit of spoiler-free content, so we'll let you know when we're about to get into spoilers. But as usual, our tagline versus the movie and what we think of the film overall. So, the tagline for The Incredible Melting Man was, The first new horror creature. Come prepared. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what do you think of the tagline? What do you think of the Incredible Melting Man overall? <laughs> I, I guess, I guess he's a new creature. Maybe I don't know. Well, I don't know enough about horror history. Well, I mean, so. <laughs> well, I mean, no, the tagline's a lie. Okay, <laughs> that's what I thought, but I, I don't know my shit. <laughs> yeah, because he's he's obviously not a new horror. No. He's not. He's, he's no one knows not about the, the first new man. horror creature. I mean, when you consider the fact that. You know, I, I think that they're because the film is supposed to be sort of a parody on like the the fifties B movies, mm -hmm. creature movies, right? Uh, I, I think like you think that's you what could, they were doing with it. You could try to make an argument maybe for like he's some kind of new creature since you know we, we don't have that many goo monsters. We didn't have a lot of goo monsters <laughs> before <laughs> before nineteen seventy seven. Uh, I think I think it's a bit of a stretch though yeah. to say that he's the first new creature yeah. uh, since that period. But uh, so no, I mean it's not the best tagline. No. Although I will say that I do I do again miss these sort of taglines that are like you've never seen anything like it before, you know, or, or some like exaggerated shit like that. Yeah, because now they're mostly just like bad puns, and I love my puns, but I want some hype. <laughs> You know, I want some hype with it sometimes of just like, get excited, be afraid. I, the, the two types I'm missing on posters, the, the shit like this that always has like an exclamation point at the end of it of like, you won't be prepared. Mm. The, the most terrifying film you've ever seen, you know, something like that. Or like the really long, like... It's, it's a paragraph. It's just like a novel, you know? <laughs> just like... Like it basically looks like the 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 back of a book jacket, right? For a yeah. novel. <laughs> You're just waiting for uh, like an author's picture by it. Yeah, exactly. So... But no, but but do you, do you like this movie? You know, I, I I know I know you're not a huge fan of body horror, but this one this one I think I, you make an exception yeah, for. Yeah, this is this is body horror I like. You, usually, when it comes to body horror, I have issues because a lot of it gets tied into either medical stuff, which creeps me out, or sex stuff, which is just not interesting to me. But Melty Man, I fucking love because the effects in this are so cool. Yeah, like, thank you, Rick Baker. Yeah, watching this dude like melt on screen, it's the best part of this movie. Is watching this weird dude just wander the desert and slowly melt i mean the best part of this movie it's like the only part of this movie <laughs> right like that's kind of my thing it's just like the effects are so cool but everything else in this movie just feels like hodgepodge together and doesn't make sense so i have a theory about it later that i'm gonna be wrong about but i'm excited to share it Okay, well, I mean, I, I'll i give some logic to whatever theory you're going to come up with here, which is that <laughs> I agree with you. You know, this is not, <laughs> it's not, it's not the greatest creature feature ever made, right? Yeah. I, like, I enjoy it because mm. it does have, 
you know, it, it, it is very reminiscent of the B monster movies, you know, it, from the 50s. Like, it is very reminiscent of all of that. It does feel like sort of a modern, you know, take on Frankenstein's monster, which is, you know, referenced in the movie purposefully, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. You know, it, it does have all those elements to it. Rick Baker's creature effects are phenomenal. They are so good. They are the selling point of this movie. And from what I understand, you know, he wasn't really interested in doing the film <laughs> uh, initially because he kind of felt he was beyond, I think, working on films with this sort of budget at the time. <laughs> He's too which, good for this little movie. Yeah, I mean, look, every every creator reaches that point in their career, I think, where they're like, I'm a little bit above this, and it's not... <laughs> He's it, not wrong with this one. <laughs> right, and, and it's, not, it's not to be pretentious. It's just, yeah, sometimes there are better projects out there for you, right? <laughs> but... But in this case, he did ultimately do it because the producers came up with the money he was asking for. So he's like, all right, fine, I'll do it. But <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, his work is the selling point of the movie because everything else uh, is very stiff. And as you said, you know, hodgepodge together. <laughs> and, and part of the reason for that is that, you know, you and I were talking about this uh, while watching the movie is that originally, you know, William Sachs wanted this to be like I think I mentioned at the beginning, a parody of those 50s monster movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he wanted this to be uh, more of a horror comedy in, in kind of, you know, having fun with it basically, right? Yeah. And the producers disagreed with this take. <laughs> of and course. So, and so uh, without his knowledge or approval, you know, they basically cut a lot of it down to... <laughs> you know, give it a sort of a more serious tone, right? So fucking bunch of assholes. Right. So so maybe that explains the really short runtime too of of, you know, eighty four minutes, which I actually think is a, a solid runtime for a good monster it, movie. Like yeah. I, like I, I I love these short little just, you know, like tastes of just, you know, gooey bad for you cuisine, right? Like just these You 80 do to 90 kind of want to lick the melting man at a certain point. <laughs> Not what I was inferring, <laughs> but yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, so, so yeah, it, it's another story of just producers not knowing what the fuck they're doing mm-hmm. and just completely destroying something because you could definitely argue that the film taking a more serious tone does not work for it. <laughs> no. I'd be very curious to see what it was originally intended to be because, like, this one's not bad, but, like, God, it could be better. <laughs> yeah, I could be wrong. I want to say that the that the original cut has screened somewhere before. I think mm-hmm. I was reading that, but I, again, it's the interwebs, you know. So like, it's you can full only lies. right. You can you can't trust anything unless you've seen it with your own eyes, or unless I've actually seen an interview with Zach saying that it exists. So so I don't know if it's out there. I hope that it is. I would yep. like to see that someday too. Yes. Um, because I'm very curious, but. You know, especially considering that he produced a movie like Leprechaun, which is, I think, leans much, maybe much, much more towards maybe what he was kind of going for with this. But yeah, I, I think I think what's interesting about I don't necessarily mean it in some of you are probably like, oh, my God, why are we still talking about the tagline? But just give me a second. You know, I, maybe they didn't necessarily mean it like, you know, oh, the Melting Man is a new monster, you know, like mm-hmm. Dracula and Frankenstein. And he's, you know, he's going to be like this new popular classic monster. Maybe they didn't quite mean it like that. Although I do love Steve's line, which I think is at the beginning of the movie where he says something like, no one has ever seen anything like this as (laughs) as they're like observing the sun. And I just love how that ties directly into the tagline. But 
But, you know, this was a period where we started to see a lot of environmental horror. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder if maybe that's kind of what they were more sort of referencing with that is, you know, the 70s, I sort of consider, and maybe you, maybe some of you disagree with me, but I consider the 70s to be sort of the golden age of environmental horror movies uh, because that is, you know, I, let's just put it this way. That, that was back when a lot of people cared. <laughs> <laughs> And, and we weren't so completely fucked like we are now, you know, where yeah. it's just, you know, we're... <laughs> we're passing environmental regulations. Yeah, I, I, I mean, now we're living, you know, in, <laughs> in global warming hell, so why make a movie about it? But but the 70s, you know, the 70s was a period where, like, that, that was beginning to become a, a threat that we were acknowledging. And, and you saw a lot of horror films, you know, kind of delve into that because horror is always, in my opinion, the genre that you know, sort of tackles these societal issues before anything else. It's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it's like the, it's like the, it's like the bad kid genre, right? Like it's, it's the, it's the rebel. It's the one that goes out there and like, you know, is like, fuck the, you know, fuck the man. Like, you know, that. I like the fact that you're thinking that and I'm thinking like classic horror trope of it's the harbinger and nobody listens to the harbinger. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's true of it too. You know, I mean, the God, old man yelling at you from the corner. I mean, for God's sakes, like you, you wouldn't believe how many John Carpenter films are just like so very real and, <laughs> and relevant today, but, but no, yeah, it's always been this genre. That's like the harbinger, as you say, mm-hmm. or, or just, yeah, the rebel that's just like, fuck you government, you know, and just like trying to talk about these things for the average person. And so, I mean, you had movies like this or prophecy or frogs or day of the animals, you know, like all these movies that were about sort of humans fucking, <laughs> fucking with nature, fucking with, you know, space and the earth and all that kind of stuff. And sort of like the potential chaos that that would lead to. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think in that sense, you know, this movie is kind of, maybe a sort of new kind of monster as it describes itself in just the sense that as you're going to learn with me throughout this episode, I think this movie is through and through a global warming (laughs) environmental horror film. I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. I'm going to get into everything for why. Just in in case some of you are like, no, fuck you. You're on. (laughs) But, but yeah, no, it's, it's a fun film. The writing's terrible. The Uh, acting stiff. The acting's, the acting's very stiff. There uh, are the edi- tits, though. There are tits, though, so there's that. Uh, the <laughs> editing's not great. The, there are some baffling slow motion sequences <laughs> in this film that just, like, are just unreal <laughs> in why they're in, in understanding why they're there. Uh, but there's great gore. And, there is. and we love gore here on the Kill yep. Horror Critic Podcast. So. That's the only reason Matt gets me to the movies. So we are going to move into spoilers now. So, again, if you have not seen The Incredible Melting Man, we do think it's worth checking out. It's yes. a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's streaming on Prime and Paramount Plus at the time of this recording, so you can check it out there. Otherwise, get in the spoilers now. So again, gonna ruin everything for you. So go watch it first. Uh, but here we go. So spoilers. So let's just, I guess, talk about this sort of baffling opening sequence. There's that <laughs> word again. Uh, in in which you know Steve gets infected by the sun. Yeah. Because he watches it through the rings of Saturn, which sounds dope as fuck. I'm not going to lie. It does. I, I, I would absolutely love to have that experience. No, you wouldn't. You don't want to go to space. Oh, no. Don't I want, lie to the audience. I want that experience like a, like a multiverse experience, right? Like, I want to like I I be sitting in the comfort of my living room, but watch it you want, like... You want to VR. It like I'm in, yeah, yeah, I want to VR it. 
nerd. <laughs> because fuck going into <laughs> tiny little capsule in space. <laughs> Absolutely going to space. No, I I really like this just because I'm. You know, I think that this is very much a reminder of the fact that there's a lot of shit in nature that we kind of just, like, take for granted that will absolutely fuck us up. Um, like the sun. Like the sun. <laughs> uh, like, there's a solar storm that happens, like, every couple of centuries that just will wipe out electronics. The mm. sun will absolutely fuck us up. If we spend too much time outside in it without sunscreen on, we fucking get cancer. And I feel... I wonder when that, I wonder when that next uh, solar event's supposed to happen because... We're fucked. we're basically a society built on electronics. <laughs> yeah, we're so fucked. So many people are going to die. It's very scary. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's what I kind of like with this is just, like, it kind of kicks off with, you know, this beautiful concept that is so cool of, like, going out into space and exploring new frontiers and just kind of how awesome and beautiful and breathtaking that is and you know as you this was after we had first landed on the moon we were really getting into space exploration but so this was a nice reminder of like this is really cool but we have to be aware of the dangers we have no fucking clue what we're getting into out there and we are less protected from the sun apparently it's a a very long-winded answer to the sun fucked them up (laughs) i mean i'm sorry you're accusing me of having a long-winded answer that's fair that's fair um (laughs) pot kettle bitch (laughs) uh you're absolutely correct i'm not gonna argue with you there um but no i mean i mean yes you know a lot of that is just kind of us fucking with things right i mean you know the the space exploration thing i i think that's less of of a reason for them to be damned right because they're just (laughs) they're just trying to see what the hell's out there but but obviously you know curiosity kills the cat and all that junk but you know i well first of all for those that are wondering about this not so great opening sequence you know they didn't have the budget apparently for stock footage of of (laughs) of what they wanted to show so they i I forget exactly what it is they ended up using but basically going the cheapest route possible (laughs) to to show this you know, solar flare around Saturn. (laughs) So that, so that's why the whole sequence is like, I don't know what's happening here, but you know, I think that for me, this kind of begins a conversation of why I look at this as a global warming movie, because again, you know, first of all, just going back to the whole environmental theme, which does play a lot into this movie as it goes on. And then, you know, just, just really tying the simple fact of the sun and the fact that he's melting because you know, that, (laughs) Well, it's very on the nose. It is. Well, well, we should never have referred to global warming as that because <laughs> the dumb people don't understand that that doesn't mean hot temperatures all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what it does mean is a warming of our Earth, and, and that has, you know, resulted in, in some places, just absurdly hot summers and yeah. an increasing temperature, you know? <laughs> so, like... So, um, so, you know, just watching this just automatically made me think of that, of how, you know, we do live on this warming planet. Or areas are experiencing summer that have never experienced those temperatures. Like when it hit Seattle like a while ago and it melted shit because they weren't prepared for that amount of heat. Right. Meanwhile, it's June and I think there's like a, a hail snowstorm in Mexico or something. So like, so it's all just fucking nuts, right? Yeah. But anyway, the point is, is, you know, it's. I think it's supposed to tie into that just sort of base idea of global warming, and and you know just sort of touch on the fact that like we as a species, 
we fuck with the planet around us and mm-hmm. we've <laughs> and and it, it's born through you know curiosity greed all that kind of stuff stupidity stupidity doing things we shouldn't do and it, so like when i look at you know the melting man to me he's just like the walking face of global warming <laughs> you know if you just look at him as like this <laughs> you know, this side effect of it, so to speak, mm-hmm. where he's just, you know, I, I mean, like, I, I, lo- I love just looking at this guy and he looks like a fucking melting ice cream cone, you know, <laughs> like he makes you think summer, like, like whenever, whenever I'm, whenever I'm really just sweaty and hot mm-hmm. and just the grossest I can possibly be, the incredible melting man is the first thing that pops in my head because he is like the epitome of feeling too hot. <laughs> See, I feel like he reminds me of one of those knockoff Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle popsicles you get from the ice cream man. You yeah. know, the ones that doesn't, don't even look I, like anything anymore. I miss those. They tasted like shit, but they I missed did. those. <laughs> but you got to eat a face, and that was awesome. And a Ninja Turtle face at that. Um, but, you know, but Where are the ice cream men these days? Well, probably long dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are they species? Yes, they only existed <laughs> during the time we were kids. Um... But but no, th- th- believe it or not, my theory does tie deeper than just it's hot out, you know, and he's melting. Um, when you when you look through this film, there there's an emphasis on the sun and warm colors, you know. So mm-hmm. like, uh, first of all, there there's lots of inst- like the production design did a good job of just having lots of instances of you know very like bright orange and yellows. When you're at Ted's house, you know he and his wife have just all of this like they're basically they have this house that's decorated to be like very basic white people arizona (laughs) is how i refer to it like arizona white people Uh you know where where everything where all the decor is like very kind of sunny warm type of cushions like there are cushions that look like they're supposed to look like the sun Mm -hmm. they have these like quilt i don't even know what they're called they have like these rugs that are hung all throughout the house that look very sunny and kind of like vaguely reminiscent of of a uh, indigenous culture or like a white person's interpretation of indigenous <laughs> culture you know something like that which just makes me think of which just makes me think of you know white people and stealing the land from the natives and mm-hmm. how we just basically abuse the earth around us and all that kind of stuff so so it all it all seems intentional where it just kind of ties together where there is this there is this effort to keep referencing the sun i mean most of the film takes place in the daylight too you know this mm-hmm. is this is horror in the daytime like very little of it actually takes place at night you yeah. know like uh, like for the third act and a little bit of the second half but um but, but most of it is steve just wandering the <laughs> desert either eating people or reminiscing on his last moments right and i really just want to play like the incredible hulk theme song <laughs> during the end where he's like the original one where he's like walking away into the mm-hmm. sunset. Like I just want to play the music. You want to play that while he <laughs> introspective piece while he's just wandering around, melting like <laughs> you know? in in the sunset and the silhouette. But I mean, yeah, there's yeah. lots of imagery of that too. You know, where mm-hmm. he's just like walking around and to the dying sun and <laughs> just... yeah, and just thinking about like what brought him to this moment because like we do hear constantly throughout this um, is it's replaying his sensibly his final moments in space like we we hear like the countdown over again we see the entire opening scene a second time later in the movie when he's wandering through the desert oh for me that's very much
much like Steve reminiscing on like what brought him to this moment. Like I know that the doctor, I know Ted at some point in time, like just like, oh, because of him melting and he doesn't have brain cells or some shit anymore and he can't think. Um, and I'm like, no, this bitch can. This bitch is thinking very hard about how fucked up his life is. How <laughs> No, I think, I think Ted's probably right about the science there. No. It's just, no, I mean, that makes sense. Like, Steve's just remembering the last thing that happened to him, you know? It's mm -hmm. like, his brain's dying, so that's like, so I, I think of it as, like, he can't form new memories, so he just has that last instance of being, you know, a human being, I guess. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. I do think he has a hard time, like, forming new memories. I mean, when your brain is, you know, a melty pile <laughs> of mush, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My brain has been a melty pile of mush multiple times, and I'm not like Well, that. it's not quite dripping out of your ears yet, so maybe <laughs> when it gets enough. to that point, we'll have a different story, but... <laughs> Fair enough, but I guess, for me, that's kind of why, like, I also think he's going around eating people, even though he doesn't really eat them too much. Okay. Uh, like, so it makes me kind of think of, I am, you know, we get some like zombie lore sometimes, like some zombie movies. Me, I'm specifically thinking of like the iZombie show, but it's this idea that the zombies, if they consume brains, they can kind of stave off becoming mindless. You know, that's a theory that's out there. It's in some zombie shit. Um, I, I like how your reference is iZombie. I love that and, show. And not, and not Return of the Living Dead, which created the zombie lore about eating brains, which I actually think is more applicable to this maybe where it's like, you know, the I, I, I see what you're saying. And I, and I think that's a good theory. But I but I, I like I, I like to think of it as the Return of the Living Dead theory in this case where it's like, you know, in that film, the zombies are eating brains because they're in so much pain mm -hmm. and, and the endorphins in the brain kind of like help stave that off a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I, I sort of apply that to this of like, cause they never really explain why he's eating people. You no, know? He barely <laughs> eats them. He like nibbles on them and it's just like, ah, this is right, gross and right. wanders just off. Just a taste. Just it's a just taste. taste. They're just, you know, just wants a little taste, just yeah. a little nibble. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I wonder if maybe part of that is, you know, just, yeah, maybe, maybe there's something in eating them that helps stave off the pain. Although I more view it as just like he's really fucking pissed off because <laughs> he's melting and insane and his brain's on fire. So. I like the idea that he sees another human. He's just like, fuck you. I don't get to be human anymore. So I'm going to eat your humanity. Fuck you. Rip your head off and throw it down a stream. Well, again, so I mean, if we want to look at it thematically, you know, I, I do, again, think that, you know, this further kind of ties in the sort of this being like a global warming movie because... You know, as to the countdown, I kind of look at that like because we we get this more than once, like more than once. Steve, uh, through voiceover or whatever, is remembering the countdown of launching, right? Mm -hmm. And in particular, again, spoiler, in particular to the ending where it's a count backwards. You know, like ten, nine, eight, seven, whatever. Um, it it almost feels like with having this consistent countdown throughout the movie. We know, obviously, from the ending that part of that is just referencing the fact that he's melting and eventually <laughs> is going to die, right? <laughs> As are and, we all, right? And so, and so, there's kind of that element to it. But, but I also kind of look, I also kind of look at it as like a warning to us. Like, if we are looking at this, and if this is intended to be an environmental horror film, you know, I sort of look at that countdown as like running out of time. Yeah. You know, and it's supposed to be a warning of like, of like. We we are literally counting down <laughs> to when this will be a problem. Mm -hmm. Hello, twenty twenty two. To when to when this will be a problem, and it, you know you don't have infinite time to just let it happen, right? Like yeah. eventually it will come 
to head and, and come to a conclusion and, and we'll be, you know, face to face with the issue. So I kind of feel like that's what's happening here is, you know, if 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 you want to believe my idea that, you know, Steve is this like walking face of global warming, <laughs> then, you know, he's really in a sense of warning to us, the audience of just like eventually shit's gonna happen, happen yeah <laughs> you know? eventually everything's gonna melt your eyeballs are gonna fall out and shit's right. gonna get eventually, gross eventually our skulls are gonna cave in and <laughs> we're all gonna melt into gooey piles of goo <laughs> yep we're all gonna look like ice cream bars mm, shitty ice cream bars. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's worse futures i guess than all of us being melty ice cream bars huh I mean, I guess there are, but I can't think of... <laughs> I mean, that's pretty awful. I really don't want to end up like Steve. Steve has a really shit go of it at the end. Like, he fucking loses an arm. Like, he gets his whole fucking arm chopped off at some point. It's not enough that he lost an eyeball just falling out of his head. Yeah, like, I, I, I going along with that, I do really like the imagery of him walking through the cemetery, too. Like, it's, <laughs> kind, of, it's kind of a nice touch of just, like, death is coming, you know? <laughs> Like, like there, there is a very tragic element to Steve mm -hmm. of just like, you know, death is coming for him basically. And I think he acknowledges it mm -hmm. maybe. I mean, we don't really know what's going on in Steve's, <laughs> in Steve's goo brain. Uh, but, but there is that sense that, you know, death is coming, which, which is also, I think, interesting with the irony of the fact that he's getting stronger as he's melting, mm -hmm. which I think again, kind of ties into I'm sorry that this podcast has become me screaming global warming at you, but <laughs> but I think again ties into like you know sort of the way that the worse the problem gets, mm -hmm. the 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 you know the more apparent it is, the 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 worse the effects are, and it, I mean the results, right? Yeah. But it's like the longer it goes on, the longer Steve melts, mm -hmm. <laughs> the the more obvious and stronger it gets, right? The more the more the more horrifying the the results are. Oh, yeah, well, I do actually agree with you. I do think that Steve has an idea of what's happening to him uh, because of the fact that he does go to Ted's fucking house. Like, he is wandering aimlessly, but he kind of keeps returning to Ted, and I think that's with the idea of hopefully him hoping that his doctor will help him out, even though Ted's not fucking home. And so <laughs> Steve's just like, okay, I need a doctor. Like, where the fuck is this dude? Like, he knocks on the door and general answers. And he's like, who the fuck is this stranger? Eats him, leaves, and then comes back. Steve yeah. just keeps coming back to the goddamn house. So I think, like, with a lot of, you know, going off your global warming, you know, idea, which I'm, I agree with, but I also have my own ideas about the movie that mm. I'll get into in a second. But, you know, it's that thing of shit like this doesn't go away you know it keeps kind of waving itself in the face of people who should be able to help mm. you know the scientists that are aware it's just the downside that sometimes you end up with a scientist like ted who fucking sucks well <laughs> he's the worst scientist well i want to mention that in a second but but really quick you know going along with that it I, i've been i've been wrapping my brain around trying to figure out what the fuck the photography scene is in the movie for other mm -hmm. than tits which may which it might very well just be for might tits, just be tits. Um, <laughs> i don't i don't know what was in william Sachs' mind it very well could have just been here's a tit shot so we can get more <laughs> money from the producers because that is the thing that happens where producers will just be like we'll give you more we'll money you to more show money us if boobs. There's tits. yeah we want tits in your horror movie but but I almost wonder if maybe there's a part of that that's like, you know, because because we get this rapey photographer who, mm -hmm. you know, is trying to take advantage of this girl, which I, I fucking love this. Well, I don't love this scene, <laughs> but I love her reaction to him. 
where where he's calling her like baby and honey and stuff and she's like don't call me baby and he's like what do you want me to call you honey and she's like sandra <laughs> and he's like oh okay sandra baby you know what use her but, fucking name bitch but yeah i just love her being like my name call me by my <laughs> fucking name you douchebag um but anyway i digress I, I i almost wonder if maybe part of this scene is supposed to kind of you know reference the fact that like we as humans tend to obsess over like the tits. beautiful no not tits <laughs> i mean yes we, we do yes tits um but, uh but 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 more so just like obsessing over beauty and nice things and and pretty things you know stuff mm-hmm. like that and we tend to look away from things like steve the melting man you know <laughs> and and ignore these things ignore the ugliness mm-hmm. sweep it under the rug until we end up like the model and fucking step in it you know like yeah. like we just like we're just completely oblivious to these things until we basically step in the shit of the problems <laughs> okay so i'm super glad you brought this up because this actually ties into my theory about a large portion of the movie um because i'm a dumb dumb and i didn't realize like you know the environmental shit whatever I- <laughs> it doesn't make me, hey, it doesn't make me right i'm just saying <laughs> uh, uh I was focused with this movie on the fact that there's a lot of just weird scenes that we spend a lot of time on, like a stupid amount of time on for them not having anything to do with anything. Um, Of course, the one that I'm obsessive about is the two fucking seven-year-olds smoking. Like, there's a moment in this movie where you have two young boys who are practicing smoking and making fun of each other, and then another, like, small child. Like, they're not teenagers. These are children. Yeah, like six, seven, eight, whatever. Yeah, and they're learning how to smoke, and that's such a weird weird thing to like have in this movie and have there be a focus on um and the same thing with the model and then with the weird old people stealing lemons later Mm -hmm. on and so the the takeaway that i kind of saw with this movie was kind of pointing out the fact that there's a lot of things that i think especially in the 70s we didn't think about too too much that had underlying dangers so like space exploration is cool but you might get hit with a goddamn like solar flare and turn into a melty man and that sucks <laughs> um you know but the 70s was a time when i think there were still cigarette ads we hadn't really moved oh yeah <laughs> yeah we hadn't moved forward with that be cool like can't exactly (laughs) and so i feel like there's a lot of themes of this where you know there's these mild things that we didn't we didn't really think about in our culture that have like are actually like pretty dark and fucked up like you know cigarette smoking being a huge part of that thing we weren't keeping in mind like the health hazards or the fact that fucking six-year-olds are fucking learning how to smoke okay and you know with with the model scene so like that i think to your point like there's this focus on like you know the beauty and the fashion magazines but without really like acknowledging the shitty treatment i don't know with the old people stealing lemons i just fucking love them a whole scene where like the the wife judy her mom and her mom's fuck buddy are coming to dinner running late and decide to just go and steal fucking lemons i don't know how this ties into it but i needed to talk about these old people so so you're just saying all this shit's here to be like we're fucking up (laughs) yeah just this reminder of like do you not kind of like take certain things at face value and think about like the deeper shit yeah well i mean so that that ties directly into what i've been talking about which is you know again it's it's environments it's environmental stuff to me is yours is smarter Well, well, I mean, like the kids smoking, for example, right? Mm-hmm. So, like the the second victim, the guy fishing at the lake, you know, which, which is not lost on me that 
the first person that Steve attacks after uh, escaping the hospital following that, again, baffling slow motion take where this nurse is just running towards us for like two minutes straight. She has amazing tits. The whole reason for that is slow motion tit running. It very well could be. I really don't know. This movie is bonkers. But but it's not lost on me that the first victim after that is some guy fishing. And, you know, his line to Steve is like, you're going to scare away all the fish, you know? And so I sort of kind of love the idea of, again, I am probably reading so much into this, but I sort of love the idea of, you know, Steve being this representative of, you know, environmental shit and coming to the lake first because that's always where this stuff happens initially, you know? Mm-hmm. It's always the the water that's poisoned first and then you start seeing the effects uh, within society, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, al- it's always the fish in the water that go bad first. So, so I kind of I kind of like that that's where we are and then the, you know, then he fucking rips the guy's head off <laughs> and throws it into the water uh and then immediately following that we cut to the kids smoking and, yeah. and to me to me those are both tied together because they're i think they're both supposed to reference just the way that uh we poison our environment because you know the head we never come back to the head thing <laughs> and like the significance of that but yeah. if you think about it for a moment steve is fucking radioactive mm-hmm. he, he is fucking dripping goo everywhere and He's just a little radioactive. It's yes, fine. Yes, just a little radioactive, according to Ted. <laughs> Ted's a terrible uh, doctor, which I'll get to in a second. But he, but you know, he he's he's he leaves his head in the fucking this. He leaves his head in the fucking river. He's leaving his little goo bits everywhere. Like Steve is basically leaving a trail of radiation all throughout this town, he, and and it, it's actually like astounding to me that we don't come back to the head thing, uh, because you know my interpretation of that is like okay, this whole town's water supply is fucking contaminated now <laughs> because this fucking radioactive goo man just threw a radioactive goo head into the water, which is now radioactive and gooey. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, I mean, and, this town doesn't give a shit about anything. Right, and I don't know if that's the ta- if that's where the town gets its water supply from, but you get my point is yeah. that, you know, he's, he's leaving this trail of shit everywhere. So to me, to cut directly to the kids smoking... You know, again, that just touches too on a, on another environmental issue, which is you know our our obsession with smoking and the way it was kind of being pushed on us uh, by corporations to the point mm-hmm. where it, I think the idea there is basically like we're fucking our youth, like yeah. we we are leaving we are leaving a hellscape, <laughs> uh, a contaminated hellscape for our youth, you know, because and I think that's why the kids are there smoking because because you know it's one thing to see like an adult smoking after that scene, right? Mm-hmm. It's another thing to see a kid smoking because you're like, an eight-year-old should not be fucking smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Get that cigarette out of your mouth, Billy. You know? Like, I totally would have done it when I was eight, but an eight-year-old should not be doing that, you know? And and, and, and that's the point there is, like, it, it's to emphasize and shock you and make you think for a second of, like, fuck, kids are doing this. Like, yeah. we're poisoning our youth. Like, th- <laughs> those two scenes are literally about poisoning the environment, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Which leads directly into the radiation thing because <laughs> because you've got yeah you've got Ted and and the government basically just they're so nonchalant they're very blasé <laughs> about this entire the, thing they're just they're just so blasé about about Steve being fucking radioactive like to, for Ted to make the comment of oh he's just a little radioactive <laughs> it's like bro there is no such thing as a little radioactive. <laughs> There's no such thing as that. Radiation is radiation. It's bad I, for you. I think my favorite thing is in that same scene where he's just like, oh, it's just a little radioactive. There's also a line where they say the radiation isn't even a real problem. We don't know if it's contagious or not. Like, what the fuck, dudes? It's radiation. 
yes, yes, it is contagious. You dipshit. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's this is why Ted can't have kids. Oh, that's cruel. That is. Oh, was that too harsh? <laughs> that might, might be a little bit harsh because his wife has had two miscarriages, Chris. So I think that. I feel for Judy. <laughs> I'm saying that Ted fucked him up because he's a shitty doctor. No, I actually have a reason for that. Um, oh, but but first I just want a bad say, person. Yes, uh, but first <laughs> I just want to say. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's funny to watch this movie after having been through and still going through people a pandemic. <laughs> Um, it's it, not it's, done yet, bitches. Literally everyone I know is sick right now. Um, it's, But it's not, it, you know, it, it's funny to watch this film post-COVID because, you know, I, I look at these doctors around this fucking melting man and I'm like, why do none of you have a mask? Why why are none of you concerned about fucking contagion? Look at him. His flesh is melting <laughs> off. At least put a fucking mask on, people. They don't even have fucking gloves on. There right. is no safety in this lab. Right, and Ted's just walking around the whole time, touching the little goobits. You know, it's like, Ted, you don't know if this is a fucking skin virus, man. Maybe maybe that's all it takes is a little contact, and then you're fucked. And like, then you're just going to melt. Right, so, so, but I, you know... You do have to, like, obviously people weren't thinking about masks around Contagion at this time because, mm -hmm. you know, up until two years ago, nobody thought about that fact. We would all sit at bowling alleys, you know, <laughs> all of our fucking hands dipping in the nachos and shit, and no one thought a thing about it. But, you know, you do have to wonder if, like, just the complete incompetence of <laughs> Ted and the government is is intentional because, you know, again, it. I think, it, I think it's just another touch on the way that the government and corporations and, and those who are supposed to be, you know, quote unquote in charge mm -hmm. are, are just basically fucking idiots who, yeah. you know, who, who are just leaving, uh, this <laughs> hell for the, this goo hell for the rest <laughs> of us to deal with. And, and, you know, and they they, they have so little understanding of what it is that they're doing, mm -hmm. you know? So, so like, you know, like when we created the atom bomb, like we had so little understanding of the implications that that was going to have for the future. Like if anyone thought that we were going to use that and then that would be the end of it. Mm -hmm. Big Idiots. mistake. Yeah. Big mistake, right? I guess just another example of just, you know, science never thinking whether it should and only thinking if it could. Yeah, Jurassic we Park. We did just reference. watch Jurassic Park Dominion. <laughs> I was literally just thinking that myself. <laughs> Look, it's a good line. It's a smart line. It's a great line. Yeah. I think I think it's one of the most relevant lines ever in film because yeah. it's so true, you know. So. Yeah, especially where science is involved and government. Because I agree with you. I think that you know this movie very much is looking at the incompetencies of government. Because look, Ted is supposed to be doing this search for Steve, his best friend Steve, who he does not care about as much as crackers. Like, there's an entire scene. <laughs> I have to point this out because it fucking cracks me up every time. There's an entire scene where Steve is on the loose. He's murdered a nurse. Nobody knows where he is. And Ted has gone home for lunch to eat his soup. And he's mad at his wife because there's no crackers. And she keeps going, hey, but what about Steve? And Ted just keeps going, where are the crackers? Why I mean, don't we have any crackers? I mean, I get it. Like, if you don't have crackers for your soup, you don't have the best soup you can have. <laughs> Bitch, if there's a melting man on the loose, you don't get soup. You find that fucking melting man. Listen, the melting man is going to be there regardless, okay? Like, he's eating lunch, and he needs some goddamn crackers for that soup. <laughs> can, can we talk about the fact that there's a melting man, and he's having soup? That feels pretty on point as well. I guess. I mean, it's not like he's eating a grilled cheese. No, that would have been better. <laughs> Fuck, I want grilled cheese now. Um. <laughs> I know, but for me, like, 
they could be looking for anything. He has his Geiger counter out like once. Steve's slow moving. He's not that hard to find. Ted finds a goddamn ear in the bushes and he can't yeah. find Steve. Well, so I mean, you know, this goes into, again, just the incompetency of the government because I think that, you know, I, I actually like, I, I think on first watch, you might see this and kind of be like, ooh, DeBenning's performance. I don't know about that. <laughs> but I actually kind of like it because, you know, I, I think what he brings to the movie is an indifference mm -hmm. with the character. Like, I think I think it's supposed to feel that way. Like, you're supposed to look at him as this character who is just so indifferent yeah. <laughs> to everything around him. Because you're I think you're supposed to be like, what the fuck, Ted? <laughs> Yelting man running around. And he's worried about goddamn crackers, you know? <laughs> and and he just has this kind of like monotone performance throughout the film. Mm -hmm. And you could call it bad acting, but I but I think that it's directly on point and just to be, you know, completely indifferent the way that scientists and the government or 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 there there's this lack of urgency, mm -hmm. it feels like, uh, from the government to find him. I mean, there there's a fucking potentially catastrophically contagious <laughs> melting person running around and they they do what to find him they send ted out with a little fucking geiger counter <laughs> and that's it and that's it like no one else is in on this search like <laughs> well and he gets i feel like he gets even more kind of fucked up when we find out kind of like the twilighty zone reveal at the end because you would think there would be more urgency because there's talk throughout the movie with between both the general um, and Ted where they seem to kind of have like this weird um, timeline. They need to kind of figure this shit out by morning. And you're kind of like, well, why do you keep bringing this up? And mm. you find out at the very end when Steve's melting into his goo pile and the janitor who is unperturbed by this melting pile has playing on his radio you find out that they're sending a miss and you kind of realize that the government and the scientists are putting brand new people into the same situation that steve and his co-workers fucking died in from a weird melty disease without the government or the scientists even knowing what happened why it happened how we can stop it and it's this weird like wood chipper you know meat grinder moment of the scientific community where it's just like we don't really give a fuck the how or the why we're gonna keep exploring and using people as fodder and maybe we'll figure it out or you know maybe we'll get shot by some cops and the goo pile will melt and nobody will ever know what happened to steve yeah no i mean that that's all very true like you know so i guess that does kind of speak to the callousness of them in just you know they're 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 take like it's not necessarily that they're not taking it seriously but they're mm -hmm. not taking it seriously enough because they're trying to cover up what they've done right so <laughs> are they though because they're just kind of like ah, steve's gonna kill who steve's gonna kill i mean right again it's it's a very <laughs> poor operation um <laughs> but but briefly on the radioactive thing you know since you decide to be a monster and bring up the miscarriages um <laughs> the, uh the i i you know a, a small part of me because because again that that's another thing that's thrown into the film that just you know I always like to believe there's an intention to things, even when there's not, <laughs> uh, because half the time, you know, there is an intention. And so with with the fact that his wife has lost her film and kind of, you know, talking about things like global warming and radiation and, you know, our, our just sort of nonchalant attitude towards continuing to fucking poison the <laughs> earth. You know, I, I almost wonder if maybe there's something to the idea that, you know, because this was also a time period, too, where... 
uh, where we did worry about the effects of these things that we were doing to the planet mm -hmm. and of, you know, chemicals and products and that sort of thing, where we did worry about what that was going to do to children in the womb, right? Yeah. Like, like Scanners, the movie, is a good example of that because that's all about you know, this drug that's created that affects all the children. And so so I almost wonder if that's just kind of like a subtle sort of wink at like the idea that, you know, maybe it's natural causes, but maybe there's something to be said for, you know, potentially Judy's had these experiences from some kind of radiation or chemical that's yeah. being put in the shit that they don't know about, you know? Yeah, I think it automa I think it definitely ties in with just to your point, Ted's nonchalance about everything with this. You know, he's very just lackadaisical when dealing with very dangerous things. And, you know, with a lot of, like, safety and stuff like that, a lot of times we don't know until it's too late. You know, best example is, you know, Madame Curie and her not knowing what she was dealing with and getting mm. radiation poisoning because of it. But it's that thing that I feel like we see with Ted and, you know, subtly rubs off on his family that... Look, if you don't pay attention to these signs or what you're working with, then you're gonna fuck your family up. I'm like, look, I feel for Judy. She's now gotta potentially raise a kid by herself. Cause oh, I mean, it's a super dark yeah. storyline for her. <laughs> yeah, it just sucks. She lost her mom, her mom's fuck buddy, her husband, and she might have a weird baby growing because of her debt, her her husband's shittiness. Maybe a goo baby. She don't know. Oh um, God. <laughs> Oh, uh, now I'm having howling flashbacks. It's just going to goo out of her. Howling three. Um, howling three. Yeah, no. So, you know, uh, there, there's something to be said, too, for just the way that some of the adults kind of treat everyone in this movie. Because, you know, so, so just in the same way that the government is trying to hide Steve and pretend like it's not an issue mm -hmm. and and Ted is not telling anybody the, of the problem not not giving them fair warning none of that kind of stuff when the, when the girl sees the melting man in the woods she comes back to her mom and, and is talking about like Frankenstein you know which I mean you can be a dork and be like it's not Frankenstein it's Frankenstein's monster <laughs> um nerds but <laughs> but the little girl says that and you know the mom's just like oh you know, Frankenstein doesn't exist. It's just your imagination. You know, you don't know what you fucking talking about, you <laughs> stupid little bitch. You know, like, Damn. if our nieces ever come to us, I mean, they're old enough now that I would think that they were fucking with us. But, but if, I, but if our nieces ever came to us and and were like, I just saw, you know, a fucking monster in the woods. I am going to believe that my nieces saw a monster in the woods. I'm running Kids. into those woods. Well. You're going to fucking die then. We I'm know going, this. I'm going the other way and we're leaving you there, okay? <laughs> um, because kids are always right in these horror movies and <laughs> the parents are always idiots for ignoring them. And I just like, you know, like I always wonder myself, like, what fucking parent has their kid, you know, run back from out of their secluded woods and is like, I saw Frankenstein, which infers that they saw some kind of man, whether he's an actual monster or not. Mm -hmm. And the parents just like, oh, you're an idiot. You didn't see nothing. It's just like, <laughs> No, motherfucker, like, <laughs> fucking take, fucking listen to your kids. <laughs> every parent, every parent does that. But I think to but, your point, it's very much in line with the environmental stuff because I think a lot of times well, the, the younger generation is the ones who are more aware of the problems. Well, well, and that's the thing is that, you know, I think that's what that scene is mm -hmm. about is that you do have the younger generation is always just like screaming at the fucking older <laughs> people 
fucking do something. Fucking mm-hmm. listen to me. Care about what I'm talking about. Care about my future. And the adults are always just like, yeah, but taxes. You know? <laughs> or, no, you're making shit up. That's not right, real. That's not Global real. warming isn't real. Right, it's not real. Like, like I cannot tell you <laughs> how much frustration I have towards older generations because I grew up with this shit. I grew up when global warming was becoming more of a household like topic, mm-hmm. you know, and I and my entire extended family was the type of people to be like that shit's not real <laughs> and and make fun of it and whatever and I was just like motherfuckers this shit's going to be a problem at some point <laughs> like you know fucking do something about it. But but yes, this is exactly the issue here with the scene is that you know, it is it is the the older generation telling the rest of us nothing to see here. <laughs> You know, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> shut up, you <laughs> shut up. Look at this space launch over here. Do not right. look at this ecological, right? Ecological? Look, look at these boobs being photographed. Don't look at this melty dead body. <laughs> <laughs> look at the tits. It's fucking 2022. Mm-hmm. And we're still sitting here talking about fucking gas prices, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I always like, you know, I've been kind of a dick lately where I tell my older family members just like, yeah, well, if you would have fucking given a shit about, I don't know, green energy, maybe yeah. you wouldn't have to pay $6 per gallon for gas right now. Uh, switch over to an electric car, a hybrid. You have options. Right. So, well, we had better we options. Had options. But, yep. but, but yeah, The Incredible Melty Man just feels like this film that's all about, you know, just the frustration of those in charge being like, look over here, ignore this. <laughs> And just their fucking incompetency yep. <laughs> when it comes to the real problem, you know, and just mm-hmm. kind of how they're just leaving it for us to deal with. Yep. Um, which I guess goes directly into the ending and just, you know, which is actually a great ending in my opinion. Yeah. Because I, I mean, first of all, I love, I love the symbolism of it. Like I love the Melty Man ending up at this like power plant. Mm-hmm. I mean, like how perfect of a place <laughs> to end this, yeah. you know, in a fucking like power plant. Like, like just, just the very nature of that, I think is... <laughs> on the nose but kind of fun but then you have ted who is trying to be this character that is showing like understanding to the issue you know that is showing that understanding to steve mm-hmm. and when the cops show up <laughs> he tries to tell them like here's the problem i'm working on it uh-huh. and they fucking shoot him <laughs> yeah yeah it's very much for me like i'm um very reminiscent of just someone being like hey you know i'm a specialist in this please listen to me i'm trying to explain what this stuff is and literally everybody in charge because even even the sheriff just wants to shoot steve and then just like please (laughs) please don't shoot him like i really need to know what's going on with him if i am gonna have any chance of saving anybody ever and the sheriff's just like "Mm, nah i'm gonna shoot him and then the the security guards show up and they're like hmm Okay, maybe we won't shoot the Melty Man, but we're definitely going to shoot you because you keep yelling at us that you're a doctor and we don't give a fuck. I mean, it's so like, you know, it, it's a scene that's really hard to watch mm-hmm. in, you know, in 2022 context, you know, when we are talking so much about shooting the, first. Yeah, shoot first, ask questions later. Like, it is kind of hard to watch because it is so true. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, here's this guy. You know, the only part that's not true is that, you know, Ted's white. And, yeah, so he would never and, get shot. Right, exactly, because cops are fucking racist assholes. But, yep. um, but you know, the it, it's just like, 
They don't even shoot the melting man. They shoot Ted. Yep. You know, they shoot Ted first. Well, I feel like it's... <laughs> Ted doesn't even, like... It's not like Ted dives in the way of the bullets. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have that slow motion, like, no, as he jumps in front of the, in front of Steve the melting man, you know, to, like, prevent the bullets or whatever. They just fucking well, shoot him. <laughs> well, because I think it's, it's the literal representation of shooting the messenger. Like, we yeah. do so many times when scientists try to, like point out the very real facts of what's going on instead of listening to them it's so much easier for the people who the people in power our senators our congressmen our government as a whole to instead of listening to these people and accepting that it's going to be work and it's going to be hard and they're scared and it sucks they're just like eh, you know what right. fuck this guy we're going to discredit him we're going to make fun of his right. research and ostensibly right. like kill him right fucking fucking think about dr fauci with the pandemic Yep. You know, the entire Republican Party turned him into a fucking, like, witch. Yeah. You know, they turned him into, like, this fucking scapegoat where he was getting, like, death threats. And they're, like, you know, trying to discredit literally everything he does just because he said, hey, guys, this pandemic might be an issue, you know? And he's (laughs) trying to keep people from dying of a horrible disease, but they turned him into a monster. Right. And so, you know, I mean, it's kind of interesting because it's almost like in a modern context, like, you know, we really haven't changed that much from, you know, witch burnings. Like, no, we're, it, we're ju- still in Galileo times of like, right. We're still in Galileo times. And, and the cops, like the cops in this movie are, are the ones doing the burning, you know, yeah. like, they're <laughs> like, you know, they're, 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 they're just these ones who are like, Oh, you know, intelligence die, <laughs> you know, like we have to kill that before it like spreads to everybody else. Right. Like this whole ending just speaks to like this, it, you know, just this fucking animosity towards frankly intelligence have i convinced you that this is a global warming movie yet? oh yeah no you absolutely did like from the beginning okay yeah excellent yeah um no but it, it is that thing of like look let's we have to do be we have to be honest about this shit this shit is fucking scary because you find out about things like global warming or any of this stuff and it requires huge amounts of change huge amounts of change to lifestyles and the way things are happening and you know, we're not lying when that's scary and that's hard and it's a lot of fucking work. And I think it's that thing that we see because, like, those security guards show up and they're fucking shaking. I would also shake if I saw, like, a literal melting He ice is a cream. melting zombie man. Yeah. He is, but they shoot Ted. And I think it's that thing that it is so much easier sometimes for people to stick their heads in the stand, shoot the messenger, and pretend like the melting man does not exist. But if you do yeah. that, he will throw you over the side and you will explode. <laughs> Right, which, which I mean, the which is why the final images of this movie are perfect, you know, mm-hmm. with the janitor cleaning everything up, like you said before, because... Why is he not perturbed by that? That is fucking gross, well, dude. Well, and that's the whole thing. No, no one in their right mind, like us as the audience watching the movie, no one in their right mind sees this pile of clothes and, like, bloody goo and stuff and is like, eh, just another day, you know? But He's... but this janitor does, and, and again, I think that's just to be like, yeah, us motherfuckers as society we're not paying attention, you know? And this janitor just sitting here picking this shit up with his bare hands, starting a trash can. He's all like annoyed that he has to have even just like the smallest responsibility of cleaning this shit up. Right. And it's just, you know, it's, I, I, I think again, it just speaks to like, we're just not looking, you oh. know, we're, we're just not paying attention to our surroundings. <laughs> See, I just had an epiphany. I think the janitor is God. <laughs> What? <laughs> okay, so I think the janitor is... <laughs> no, I've decided. The janitor is God. I figured it out. For the sole reason of like, yeah, he should be more perturbed by this. 
And I think it's this thing where, like, look, if I was God and I saw how, like, my little monkey creatures were fucking shit up, I would also be, like, kind of annoyed and know that I have to clean this up. But at the end of the day, it's not going to super bother me because I'm God. So there you go, Christians. Next time you're wondering where's God and why are my prayers not being answered, he's wandering some back alley somewhere picking up used needles and shit like he's, that. He's a janitor having to pick up your shit. Right, just <laughs> scooping up dog shit that people don't pick up on the grass. That <laughs> seems very realistic for a god. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess. But All right, so we got to start wrapping up. So who is your killer idiot of the Incredible Melting Man? Uh, so that's obviously Matt. Not you, Matt. But the Matt that goes into the house. Because so there's that cu- couple, Nell and Matt, who come back to their house, see that the door's open. And instead of being like, well, this is fucking sketchy as fuck, and I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Well, not to mention there is bloody goo There's on the bloody doorknob. goo, yeah. <laughs> They're just kind of like, oh, honey, did you leave the door open again? Like, what the fuck, you fucking idiots. Yeah, my killer idiot is the janitor who cleaned up the Melty Man. God? Again, God, because, well, I mean, I think God's an idiot as it is, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, just the jam, like, dude, how the fuck, like, it's gross, the, man. Like, how the fuck do you look at this pile of goo and you're not like, there's something I should call weird about this. Like, yeah. I, sh- I should maybe not touch this and, you know, and, and, and not treat it like I'm like picking up a di- dirty diaper or something. I also like, feel like he's walked by like three dead bodies already. Like, he has to have to have yeah. that reaction where he's just like, this man has seen some shit, you know, <laughs> like this dude has seen some fucking shit working yeah. at this power plant. If he's looking at this bloody goo pile and to is be, like, ah, oh, whatever. To be fair, the hobos live real close. So maybe he's seen shit from the hobos. That's mean to the hobos, Chris. Um, <laughs> all right. What about your killer death? <laughs> at the power plant. Yeah. E- easily mine too. Like, yeah, it's amazing. I, like they actually did a really good job with that. I, yeah. I, I, I love watching him just turn in the fucking 4th of July on those power lines. It makes <laughs> no sense, but it's beautiful and I love it. Well, because they probably used actual fireworks. I mean, like the- <laughs> obviously. I'm just talking about like real world. It doesn't make any sense how a human body could turn into fireworks. I was being very literal about it. Well, have you ever seen a human body thrown onto power lines, Chris? I'm going to Google it. No, I'm not. I'm not Googling that. That'd be horrifying. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, that was that was mine as well. Oh, what about your killer MVP? Um, So, my killer MVP goes to the people who made me giggle the most, and that's the fucking old couple. you got to be kidding I me. love them. Look, you're going to give the award to the, the special effects, so I don't of have to course. worry. Yeah, I don't have to worry about that. So, um, I love Helen, who's played by Dorothy Love, and Harold, played by Edwin Max, because, A, we get old people lovers. They're not married. They're fuck buddies. They're fucking weird. Like, Helen makes fun of him, calls him a fuddy-duddy, and then wants to go and fucking steal lemons. They're the weirdest fucking part of this movie, and I love them, and I want them to be my grandparents. Yeah, I'm just looking into my future with this one, because I'm going to be Harold driving, and Chris is going to be like, some some cherries, let's go pick cherries. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, come on, cherries, I'll make you a sweet little pie, you funny dude. Because Chris talks like that. I do. Chris talks like she's in the 1950s sometimes. <laughs> I'm either 80 years old or eight. There's no in-between. Right, no in-between, one or the other. So, <laughs> so that, that is totally a glimpse into our future. Um, uh, Well, so that makes sense, I guess. Not really. But, uh, yeah, my killer MVP goes to Rick Baker because, you know. It's amazing. Because, obviously, like, the Incredible Melting Man is nothing without those effects. You yeah. know, like, I, like, I, I just can't imagine rick's effects not being in this movie and you know again i mean rick baker is one of the best we've ever had 
to-do effects, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- we're talking about the guy who did American Werewolf in London here, you know? Like, the guy the guy knows <laughs> his shit. And, and if I understood correctly, I think Rob Bottin also worked on this film with Rick as well because he was an assistant of his. Um, and, you know, Rob Bottin went on to do things like The Thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, just those guys, the, the effects team, just did an amazing job with this, uh, especially considering that the budget was shit. So... <laughs> Uh, so that's definitely my MVP. All right, so every week on Twitter at Killer Critics, we always like to get your thoughts and feelings on the film and what you think of it. So between love it, it's fine, don't like it, and never seen it, where do you think the audience fell on our poll this week? I think it goes to never seen it. You are correct. Uh, so I'm very not, I'm very much not surprised by this, and I'm not saying that to be a dick. I'm only saying that because many of the polls that we've done, if it wasn't a hugely popular movie before like 1990, no one's seen it. So. <laughs> But so we always like the comments from you all as well on Twitter. So these, again, these are all from Twitter. Uh, so first up is at Jacob Davison. So that's J A C O B D A V I S O N underscore. And they say, I love this crazy creature feature throwback. Surprisingly dark, but also silly with those gross effects from Rick Baker. Made for perfect mystery science theater 3000 fodder. Oh, I absolutely agree with that last statement. Like, this is... Well, this, and, it, and it was on that show. Oh, was so, it? Yeah. I love the fact that this is does very much feel like a throwback to, like, those awesome atomic movies that we used to have. But with killer effects. It's amazing. I like this movie. This is the yeah. only body horror I, I like now. Okay. <laughs> and uh, The Brood. This and The Brood. The Brood's great. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, I totally agree with Jacob here. You know, it is a really fun creature feature throwback you know and again you know like i was saying jacob it uh and, I, and i'm sure you probably know this you know it, it is surprisingly dark uh it's so depressing but kind of funny <laughs> and, and i think that's just because of the tonal you know mix-ups between the director and <laughs> and the producers you know so so it, it does kind of have that sort of like weird blend of both of those things um so anyway thank you at jacob davison underscore for the comment appreciate it uh, next up is a comment from at Blackula D. So that's B-L-A-C-U-L-A-D. And they say, just watched this last weekend. I always loved it. Kind of dumb, but a good time. It would be great for a remake, but keeping the practical effects. Oh, I definitely would be curious to see this as a remake. Like by somebody who like really cared about the film, not like a cash grab type of remake. Uh-huh. Um, because I think to your point, it's well, re- there's no there's no cash grab in doing the Incredible Melty Man <laughs> remake. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know any one who's seen that movie. Well, I that... feel I feel like you can definitely imagine the type of producer who like is just trying to do a horror film and just no, like no, for sure. But to, but to me, the cash grab remake is like you know remaking Halloween. All right, I'm a like... little drug. Maybe my terminology isn't right, but you get what I'm saying. Not really, but go ahead. Continue. Wow, thank you. <laughs> uh, but no, I think to, to everything that Matt's brought up on this podcast right now would actually be a really good time to bring this back to like the attention. And I would love to see, the only way I'd want to see this as a remake though is there has to still be practical effects. If they do digital effects for it, it will fucking suck. And I will be sad. Yeah, I definitely don't want to see a digital melting man. Give me the practical effects. Yep. I mean, again, if Rick Baker could fucking do this in 1977, we can do it now, you know. Yeah. Granted, it was a hellish process, and you know, I, I I meant to mention this earlier, but there were other prosthetics that were supposed to be used with the Melting Man, and it, the actor uh, and and Alex Rebar didn't want to wear them. Oh, <laughs> what? Uh, well, probably because they were pretty intense. Oh, I mean, okay. even like even just doing the melting stuff, like mm-hmm. basically. 
you know, they had to reapply it every take, you oh. know, because they, they were pouring like a, a mix of paint and some other stuff. I don't quite remember what, but they were pouring this stuff on him like between every take, you know, so it had, it had to be a pretty yeah, hellish be experience yeah. being in that makeup. Uh, so I will give it that. The mm. practical is not the easiest thing to do for this movie. No. But if you're going to do it, do the practical effects. It's worth it. Um, worth it. So maybe not for the actor, but worth it for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, thank you at Blackula D for the comment. Appreciate it. Uh, next up is a comment from at Half Horror. So that's H-A-L-F Horror. And they say, like a lot of people, I saw it on Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's definitely one of those movies that makes some very strange choices. I'm here for like these non sequitur scenes with people that make no sense. Well, well again, I mean, it's kind of fascinating because, it, you know, it, it's a film that feels that way, particularly because it seems like, again, the, the director wanted it to be funny <laughs> and the producers are meanwhile like, no, this has no, to be serious. no humor, you know? And so it's almost like the producers took this comedy and were like, but what if we took it seriously, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And uh, and those two those two thoughts do not always blend together very well, especially no. once the movie's already been shot. And also, you know, I I, I like that they also mention uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand because it's my understanding that this is where the film kind of got a second life. You know, because I don't I don't recall that it was very popular at the time. <laughs> uh, but but Mystery Science Theater, as they've done with other films, mm -hmm. kind of brought this I think back into the public eye a bit. And sort of maybe like kind of reestablish that little bit of cult following that it's found since then. So anyway, uh, thank you at Half Horror for the comment. Appreciate it. And then lastly is a comment from at Um Blur. So that's U-M-M-B-L-U-R-R. -R. And they just say, I watched this about 30 odd years ago. Oh, my God. It's his ear. <laughs> Quotations. <laughs> I... I do love that moment where like Ted just like finds an ear, freaks out, and then goes home. Yeah, again, I just I just wanted to mention this comment because I, I also just love him finding his ear and and just again throwing in there that there are just pieces of this goo man being left everywhere for yep. fucking animals to eat radiated by like <laughs> and his government's so fucking stupid. But they're just like, ah, we're just gonna leave this shit here. I mean that leave whole his, community is fucked. Leave his ear there. Uh but all right, so uh we also uh, have our releases for the week, so uh, not not too exciting of a week here, although there is one film I'm very excited about. But first up is a film called uh, The Witch Part 2, and this is coming to VOD on the 15th. So this is a sequel to uh, The Witch, which is basically kind of like an action horror movie uh, that, that I enjoyed. Uh, it, it, it seems to have kind of a mixed fan base from what I recall, but I really liked it, so mm -hmm. I, I'm looking forward to the sequel. On uh, the 16th from director Phil Tippett, this is this movie is a masterpiece. All right, like <laughs> the, like it. So it, it's almost impossible to explain the plot of it because I don't know that there necessarily is much of one. <laughs> um, but this is a a stop motion just masterpiece oh, uh, that Tippett has been you know Tippett this uh, magnificent effects visual effects creator. Uh, who's worked in the business for decades. Like he's been working on this for a long time. <laughs> and this film blew me away because it just, you know, it's just such a callback to like these stop motion epics. It's not going to be for everybody. I mean, cause you've got scenes where with like, you know, things like monsters, like shitting in the tubes that 
some other monsters like eating at the uh. other end. Like, like there's really weird. It's a very strange movie, right? Uh-huh. Um, but it, in that sense, it's also <laughs> in this film that are just like mind-boggling. You know, like you can't get you can't get it out of your brain. Like I've been thinking about this movie ever since ever since I caught it at a festival a while back. So, uh, so this film's a masterpiece. I, I can't wait for people to see it. I think it's well worth your time if you're into that kind of stuff. You know, it's a sort of film where you can just kind of sit back. Maybe indulge in one of your 90 minutes or so of the trip uh, that is Mad Gods. <laughs> uh, so again, that's on Shutter on the 16th. And then last is a film uh, called Mid-Century, which comes to VOD on the 17th. And I just wanted to mention this because it, it sounded kind of like a crime thriller sort of thing, but it features, uh, with, with I think maybe Home Invasion, but it features... Uh, Bruce Stern, Stephen Lane, and Vanessa Williams from Candyman, you know, so like, nice. so a good little cast there, so it, there just wasn't a lot uh, for me that I was excited about this week, so I thought I'd throw it out there, but, <laughs> uh, and then let's see, next week we're going to be talking about Videodrome, which is streaming on Tubi, uh, I know Chris can't wait for that, one of her favorite movies. Um, <laughs> By one of my favorite directors. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we all know how Chris feels about body horror and David Cronenberg, um, so... <laughs> Uh, so that'll so we'll be doing that next week. Can't wait to talk about that one with y'all. Uh, fuck James Woods though, and <laughs> and uh, that's gonna do it for us on the Incredible Melting Man. So I'm Matt, and I'm Chris, and have a good night, horror fans. Don't melt. <laughs> Bye. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Killer Horror Critic. If you'd like to scream with us some more. Please subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Killer From Space, as well as Instagram at Killer underscore Horror underscore Critic. New episodes release every Friday, so keep your eyeballs peeled just the way I like them. Have a good night, horror fans. <laughs> <laughs>